I don't know what to say. <laughs> wow. I'll start with hello. <laughs> hello, my name is Shani Westerkoff, and I would like to welcome you to any revelations of the second degree where love is the foundation of life with thyself. March 27th, we posted a trailer entitled, Welcome to Any Revelations of the Second Degree, and that has laid the foundation to this new journey with any. And many things have changed. Many things have been growing, increased upon, nurtured, and many things have been let go. And that is what life is. It's truly this journey of change and of discovery. And not necessarily outward discovery, but the outward assists with the internal discovery. Something that I can say changed is with last year's any <laughs> or Revelations of the First Degree, which it wasn't entitled, but it was that there was an any voice. So the, hey y'all, welcome to... <laughs> The any voice. Um, I was told many times if I were to change my voice a specific way that I was speaking in the any voice. And not that that's a bad thing, but I just want y'all to hear my voice, truthfully speaking, and how I actually speak. There's many different voices we have, like the, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing so well. How are you? How's the family? <laughs> you know? Or the, like... um you know, that high-pitched voice when you're speaking to people or you're in a room and you subconsciously make yourself seem inferior that you don't know what you're talking about. And so people are like, you know, and so who would like to answer the question? Well, um, yeah, I think that this will very well be, um, you know, uh, two plus two equals four. <laughs> really, though, um, there's many different voices we turn on, but it's a blessing to be able to find your true voice. And it's the voice that you speak, the the tone that you speak in, the volume that you decide to rest in. You know how you would be trying to find songs in the right key for your voice. It's it's what you it's what you feel natural, where you're not feeling forced or or, or you don't feel obligated. It just releases itself in a natural form. And so that's what I wanted to do. This is my voice. This is my voice, literally. I'm very thankful to be back here with any. Uh, it's a very full experience every single time. I promise you, the months that any wasn't uploading episodes, the presence was still there, and and the episodes were still up. And now that any has so much more, it, it's just a blessing. And seeing how God is so timely, we also have a YouTube channel now, which we'll be posting visual pieces, ASL translations, catch an episode every single Friday at 5 p.m. EST. The structure of our Instagram um, has changed. It is no longer a podcast. We are no longer going by a podcast, but a community under God, a, a, a space. So in his presence, I-N-N-I-S-P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. And that is what we're going by now, a presence, not a podcast. We just wanted it to be more of an authentic experience for everybody and 
to not feel confined or that you have to be a specific person listening and and that you have to look a specific way or you have to think a specific way or you have to sound a specific way or you have to come from a specific background. There is nothing that has to be specific about you that makes you welcome into any. It's just because you exist that we welcome you with open arms. And our episode for today tickles my heart because... Thinking back to our very first any episode, what is the definition of love? And throughout the span of almost a year, love has been the greatest force in my entire life. In every predicament, in every situation, in every tear, in all the joy and all the excitement and all the accomplishment and, and the congratulations and the unity, love has been the center. Love has been all around. Love has been within. It has been the strongest, but also the most sometimes unclear force in my life. The force that I'm always drawn to show and to, and to also yearn to receive, but the force that I had to ask so many questions to grow in the knowledge to where I was able to walk in love. And so what better way and what better first episode of Revelations of the Second Degree than to have an episode based on love? When it comes to any, literally where love is the foundation of life with thyself, we must begin with love. We must speak about love because there will be no any without love. There will be no continuation of any without love. There will be no clarity without love. There will be no truth without love. And we know as John 8.32 says that the truth will set us free. So I welcome you all to join me, Shani Wasserkoff, on the very first episode of any Revelations of the Second Degree entitled, What is Love? Now, I was thinking of a title. It was very difficult because of many different things. Beginning any episodes for me personally is a very personable and intimate journey because I don't come on here like I'm about to give y'all point A, point B, point C. This the notes I took down. These are the scriptures. Bam, boom. I know everything. No, I come on here with little as a topic or maybe even just one word. And with you all, I just sit and I expound upon it while I'm standing. But (laughs) when we speak about what is love, there's a specific piece in the project that I'm working on that really dives into that. And it talks about when something's new, regarding new, everything new, it's very difficult to put it in a verbal, delectable form. It says something of that nature. And what that means is that Love is like this ever-growing force. In a way, love has been, will be, and will continue to be the same thing. But to us, imperfect human beings who are forever discovering love and ourselves, it's as if love is ever-growing, which it is because our love is ever-growing because love is abundance and we have yet to reach that point. And so we're going to always be growing in love expanding our knowledge, moving in love and new ways and new lights, because as we evolve, as we change, so will the way that we love. And so when we think about love, which the piece also speaks about, it reminds me of fantasy because to have a goal, right, there has to be some belief or or some jotting down or vision board of some sort, right? But in some 
places, in some people's minds, love is not even a goal because it doesn't exist. And not that love doesn't exist, but the truth of love does not exist in their world, in their minds, or they haven't, they have yet to touch it. It seems far-fetched. It seems impossible because we see so many movies and, you know, TV shows and things of that nature where love is depicted in such a way where it's it relates to us, but it doesn't relate to I can achieve this. It relates to I see the traits or or I see how I could have been in this position, but I don't ever see how I could get the happy ending. I'm only at the spot where I am in pain. I am only the one in the corner crying. I am not the one walking down the aisle. And so love has been this mythical land for a lot of people. And it's just best not to even regard it because it's it's so intricate. And especially when it's something that is so huge and that's all around us, we can feel it. It's better to block it out. And, you know, it's something that I can relate to because when it comes down to love, I ask myself the question of what can love be? Because I know that I am Shawnee Wasserkoff. And I know there's many different people in the world, despite if they might have the same first name or last name, or they might be completely different of a different race, no matter how similar or contrasting in beliefs, looks, uh, souls, uh, walks of life, we are all authentic. Okay. And so what can love be? Because if love is something specific, isn't there going to be someone in the world that cannot exhibit it, that cannot embody it, that cannot receive it? Because when we think about think about joy, it's the same thing. You might see someone walking down the street and, and they're not smiling. So you say they lack joy. They need a prayer because they're depressed. And it's like, if joy has to be me smiling, I can't be joyful when I'm not smiling. If Shani Wasserkoff is only Shani Wasserkoff when she's acting, I cannot be Shani Wasserkoff when I'm writing. And so when we talk about love, which is the greatest force that makes everything what it is, how can love be something specific because if it's something specific there's going to be someone specific in the world that cannot have it that cannot reach it that cannot love and so asking myself the question what can love be especially over this last year it's I I don't believe I ever got to the bottom of that and and in many ways I have but not in the oh my gosh I'm turning in my paper it's it's that test that I keep taking and new answers appear, new questions appear, previous questions appear to show a new answer, just like this episode. This 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 was an episode last year, but what have we learned? We, we're beings growing. We, we, we're, we're growing. Let us grow. Let us learn more. And so that's what we're here to do. And so love. I began making it my duty in life to seek to understand people and not to be understood. And that is a very difficult task, especially when all your life, all you wanted was someone to approach you in a way that their presence alone says, I see you and I hear you. And in turn, I choose to love you without them even having to say it. Right. There was one month where I chose I'm going to figure out what love is. Okay. And so, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to study the word because, again, the truth will set us free. But I've also realized, and especially with believers, that. We get so caught up in, I have to do this, boom, bam, pop. And sometimes we walk as though if we're not still imperfect, you know. And we walk as though if we're these angelic beings. And that's why a lot of people are resisting the gospel, resisting Christ, because it's like, I have to be a specific way. 
And so when we think about love, let us think about how we behave. And think about Matthew 5, 16, let our light shine upon men so they may see our good works and worship our Father which is in heaven. Now, when we talk about believers, because again, there's a strict difference between religion and relationship. I believe if we begin to start listening more, we'll truly be able to embrace truth. Because to be a good listener and to be a strong person and a strong leader, you must be open to different people who are not like you. To love, to grow, you must be willing to embrace what you have never known before. So be willing to hear, even if something might, oh, I don't know about that, or I don't believe in that. Listen. Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, do it heartily, not unto man, but unto the Lord. And so open your ears, listen, and, and be able to embrace something that might prick you. But you don't know, in the same sentence, you might be healed from something that pricked you from long, long ago. And so sometimes you need to be pricked to truly be healed. Let us keep in mind Matthew 5, 16, where it says, Let your light shine upon men so they may see your good works and worship your Father which is in heaven. So a great example that I'm going to use because whether you've encountered it or not, you've probably heard about it in some way, shape, or form of matter. (laughs) So think of your idea of a Christian, right? We all may think of different things, especially depending on our walk, as in our experience in life. So something different might come to the minds of anyone watching. But for those whose stomachs may have dropped or for people who may have felt, oh, my gosh, you know, kind of like in class when they say go pick a partner. And you know for a fact you're going to be left at that table having to get the scraps of whoever's left in the class. And not saying that the people who are also sitting alone are scraps, but saying that you are not valued. That is what that amounts to. You don't feel valued. You don't feel worthy enough for someone to take the time out of their day and say, I will partner with you. You know that you're able to accomplish the work, yet and still you're not picked. A lot of times people who are wanting to turn their life to Christ... They've been struggling with a lot of things, temptations, um, uh, suicide, self-harm, depression, anxiety, so many different things, okay? And they decide one day, I'm going to go to church. And they walk up in church, and they're wearing jeans, um, a cap, but it's to the back, DLC version. (laughs) And, you know, they're wearing like a big t-shirt, So they walk up in church. Everybody in church looks different. But the thing that's the most unsettling to them is that they all look like they belong there. Not only that, but when they walk in the door, everybody's sitting down, whether they're wearing a church hat or a button-up suit, whatever they're wearing, even if they have jeans on, like the person walking in the door, they all turn around and they look at the person with the jeans And it's like the greatest wind of hatred, the greatest wind of get out, the greatest wind of you do not belong here, rests on that person's front. And it's like they have no other option but to about face and leave. And they're thinking to themselves, if I could have had this great force in my life when I was depressed, when I was on the verge of committing suicide, if I had the ability to be forced not to do these things if I had this great enough forced when I needed it in the way of love in the way of of embrace and and warmth I might be just fine but to get that wave of hatred from a place 
that's supposed to be home. That's supposed to be showing of, of, of life, of abundance, of, of love. To feel like an outcast. To feel shut out. To feel laughed at. To feel like you do not belong. When you have felt that way, it is very difficult for someone to come back and say, I'm going to try this again. And so to anyone out there, because we're talking about love right now, I want you all to think about a time where you felt like you did not belong. And no matter how many times or just a time you think about, I want you to think about that. How did you feel in that moment? Did you feel like, okay, you know, I'm fine, I'm cool, you know? How did, how did you feel? And I don't want you to lie to yourself. You tell yourself, I, I may not hear you, but let yourself hear you. Let your soul, let your spirit hear your truth. Because even Jesus wept and he knew it was going to be okay. I want you all to think about a time where you felt like you didn't belong. A time where you felt like you literally had to cut off parts of yourself just so you can fit in in a place where you did not feel like you belonged. It's like taking the saw and you cutting yourself open to show someone your heart, your soul, and your spirit. And they set you on fire. And you end up putting the fire out. Would you ever open yourself up like that again? To be scarred for life. To feel like you can't come back from something. I mean to be shut out completely. So often in life we think that we're hiding or we have up walls. And maybe we do, but we forget how transparent we really are. And when we look back over our life, it's like... I was subconsciously just being myself. And it was when I was consciously thinking that I was masked with society and with friends or enemies and what they thought of me. So I began living that way. But in the times, in my worst times, all I could be was myself because I physically could not take the extra weight. I cannot. And so thinking of that time when you felt like you didn't belong I want you to keep that in your spirit. Keep that in your head right now. And make sure you're breathing. Let's breathe together. We're going to do in for four, out for four, and then in for four, hold for four, out for four. In for four. Out for four. In for four. Hold for four. Out for four. And so I was thinking of the time, or times, I know I have times, (laughs) where you felt like you didn't belong. I want you to think about the traits from that situation because we have to realize a lot of times we, we don't ever heal from things because it's like when you get that adrenaline. And you have someone stab you, right? Whether you got stabbed or not, preferably not. (laughs) But it's like someone stabs you. And instead of you paying attention to the stab, you only pay attention to what 
is eye level with you. Just like when you're at a grocery store, they put the things on eye level because that's the things that people will buy, the things that are trending that they want to sell. But you never decide to look below that. And so when you're stabbed, you're only focusing on who stabbed you and not the fact that you are stabbed. And so when you come back to that incident, you have forgotten that you were stabbed because the stab has now healed. Thank God that our bodies begin to heal ourselves and, you know, going to the doctor and everything of that nature. But thinking back to that situation, you have completely suppressed the fact that you were stabbed and you only remember who stabbed you. But it's because we never get to the principle of the matter. We're stuck on eye level. You have to realize that the surface level is just an effect of the foundation of the surface. If we just look at a flower, oh, such a pretty flower, but it's only the effect of a cause of a seed and water and sunlight and God's grace. And as we said in the trailer, we don't look at a smoothie and think about the preparations that went into it. We only look at the fullness thereof, you know. But even that smoothie has to be blended and tried to stand before us or to be before us as is. And so thinking of that time where you felt like you didn't belong, what are the traits in that situation? And by traits, I mean, I might come to a friend of mine and say, I feel like you hate me. And this is after a conversation or a long day together. And I, and I feel like you hate me. And they'll ask me why. I will always have to hit an action. Because despite if that friend has ever said they hate me, I will always have to go back and pull an action. Even if I talk about how they speak, to speak, bam. But for them to be speaking is an action. And so it's the way they said it. And so when I think that someone hates me, when I feel that someone hates me, the traits from them hating me might be them ignoring me. The traits for them hating me might be them to change the fluctuation of their tone. The traits of someone hating me might be for them to boast about themselves and neglect how I may feel. Might be for them to decide to do something and completely obliterate, completely gaslight me. And so thinking about a time where you didn't belong, you always hear people say, go where you do belong. And so circling back to love. If I see that love is a specific way, a specific thing, I have to look a specific way. I have to speak a specific way. If it feels like I have to cut off pieces of myself from where I am right now to even experience love, I'm going to remember the quote. I'm going to remember the many people in my life that say, go where you do belong. Go where you don't have to fit in. And so thinking of the place or the times and the experiences where you did not belong, what are the traits of those? Because you might have that experience, but if you decide to depict and pick apart and pluck the very hairs of the surface, you'll begin to remove the hairs and see very well that the foundation is a trait. There's principles here. And so you might say, oh my gosh, you stole from me. But it's not that you stole something from me. What's the traits of that? Betrayal. Deception. You have to realize that it's never about the surface. It's never about what we see at eye level. It's always about what we have to take the effort to see. And so when it comes time to look at those traits about when we felt like we did not belong, what was the traits of that? Maybe you felt a certain way. Maybe their tone of voice was a certain way, right? And so think about, let's take the tone of voice and their choices. Now use it in a different experience. Whether you 
this person accepted you or not, if they had that same tone of voice, you would then subconsciously relate that back to the first experience of I don't belong. And you will say, oh, it's only a matter of time before they don't accept me. It's only a matter of time before they hate me. Because if a friend is coming to me and saying, Shani, I feel like you hate me, I'm going to ask them why. And then they're going to proceed to pick apart my actions. Because if I say I hate you, but then I'm only acting in love, my words only matter to a certain extent. If I tell you that you belong, but upon your arrival every time you, can, you can't seem to open the door, what are you going to take from that moment? And so when we talk about love, what is love? And we talk back to the experiences of believers or of Christians. And it's like, if I'm gay, if I'm a part of the LGBTQ community, I can't do this. If, if, if I wear this, I can't do this. If I've done this in my past, I can't, I, God can't love me. I can't turn my life over to God. It's, it's impossible. It cannot happen. Yet, you have to realize a lot of that time, it's not because they decided to read the Bible. It's because they saw you. It's because they said, this person said that they believe in God. But every post is about, oh, if you're gay, you're going to hell. Every post is about, oh my gosh, if you don't look like this, oh, you can't be wearing them jeans. God hates you. You, have, you must realize people pick up on things. And so when they begin to connect the pieces that the traits of belonging to God is you, you got to be blue collars, you got to be first class flighting on Delta, you have to look a specific way, you have to speak a specific way, you will begin to say, these are the traits that I don't possess, so I cannot belong in the palm of God's hand. You're going to say, I like this person. But you remember a post that says, if you like the same sex, you're going to hell. You remember a post that says, God don't like y'all and it had a rainbow flag in the corner. You remember those things. And so the traits, the characteristics are ones that you right now possess. And so you'd say to yourself, I cannot walk up in that church because they might shoot me down before God can. And so when you think of a time that you do not belong, it's not them saying you don't belong. It's how they treated you. It's their actions. Because despite what someone is saying on a post, that is an action. To publicly announce something is an action. To speak is an action. To type something out is an action. So taking the traits of those actions, you realize that you possess the traits that say, I can't get into heaven. And so if someone were to come up to you and say, God will accept you no matter who you are. Are you going to believe that one sentence that one verbal action of them speaking to you? Or are you going to remember the countless of times that people's actions told you you did not belong? And so when we come back to Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine upon men so they may see your good works and worship your Father which is in heaven. It reminds me of Hebrews 12, 1 that says, For I know I am compassed with such a great cloud of witnesses, so let me lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily trips me up and run with patience the race that is set before me. The very first line, For I know I am compassed with such a great cloud of witnesses. Somebody is always watching. And sometimes someone is watching from the very first stage. And so they see you who may seem experienced or intermediate or in some way more advanced than them. That's why it's very important how you bring up a child. 
Because in that same manner, am I going to remember the very one time that someone said something good to me or the countless other times that they said, you are worth nothing? And it's not that they told me that, but their actions have always backed that up. And so coming back to love, thinking about the stories of belonging and not belonging, we have to realize if I were to define love as a white person with a picket fence and a corgi, and I'm not a white person with a picket fence, and quite frankly, I do not like corgis, I can't love. But if I were to say love is being kind, love is extending your hand, love is selfless. Then for me, being kind might be making casserole every Sunday for my neighbor, but for someone else being kind might be washing their car. I will begin to realize that it may not have to look a specific way, but there are certain things that love is and there are certain things that love is not. And so if I'm walking up into the church and I know the traits of love is taking me as I am. The traits of love is unconditional. The traits of love is kindness. Then I know them looking at me that way ain't traits of love. But quite frankly, I haven't experienced love enough to realize if love is even something worth pursuing because they're in a place where love is supposed to be the foundation and they are showing that their hearts are saying, I hate you. And so when it comes down to love, the only definition that comes to mind is God because God is love as it said in first John four sixteen. And so because God has created everyone, him being love makes sense. But me being love does not make sense. Me walking in love makes sense. Me exhibiting love makes sense. Me embodying love makes sense. But me being love does not make sense because if you say that Shawnee Washcroft is love and my hair ain't short girl I can't do this or I don't look like that you know what I'm saying or I don't sound like that I don't speak like that I don't do these things it's like wait then how can I exhibit love how can I ever receive love I've never met anyone like that and so I only have to receive love through any episodes what is love if it's not for everyone What would it be like for someone to say, we have a movie showing up, but then upon your arrival, they say, oh, but not for you. Free buffet. We're giving free food for the, to, to the whole neighborhood. But you and your family come up, they say, oh, not, but not you, though. To the whole neighborhood, right? And so what is love? What is love? To me, love can't, I, I, I can't define love. Even after this year, I can't define it but by saying God. But by looking at traits in my life, I can look at love and I can say, I'm walking in love because I know in this situation I was kind. I know in this situation I decided to put them before me. I know in this situation I chose not to judge, but I chose to listen. And so going back to last year's in the episode where it says, what is the definition of love? Even then, Shawnee Wasserkoff and all of any, we knew that it couldn't be one thing because there are many sentences that we said. But if love is not defined by God, then it is no longer defined. And so when we ask the question, what is love, it's always the dot, 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 because we're always finding about what does love look like in this stage of my life? How do I exhibit love when I feel like everyone around me is exhibiting hate? But how do I decide to love in spite of that? 
And so it's not that love looks a specific way, but it's that when you look that way, you'll be able to say because of these traits and because of these principles, that is a love. Whether I'm giving a hug or a kiss, even those actions, you can look at that and say, what are the traits of this? But if you say love is a hug and my worst enemy happens to hug me and their motive is to get on my good side so they can take everything from me. How is that love? That may be how I show love, but that is just not how love is shown. And so realize if everyone is authentic and love is something that is truth, there's a way for you to showcase it. No matter who you are, no matter how you look, no matter what you've been through, love is not something that is unreachable. Love lies within you because he who dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. Love is an action word. It doesn't say, and God loved the world. It say, so God so loved the world for he gave his only begotten son. That is an action. That is an action. It says in 1 John three, eighteen, for let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. That is just saying in our actions. Because again, let's think about faith without works is dead. What is backing you up? Because you can be talking all that game. Jesus could have told all the, I'm going to die on the cross, yada, yada, yada. But if he didn't die on the cross, what would his words have meant? And so when you plant the seeds of your words, the water comes in place with your actions. And the only person who is able to allow that flower to sprout in the way it's supposed to be is God because he truly is love. And so when you think about love and you say, I, I, I can never experience love because I don't have this. I can never experience love because my flesh looks this way. I can never experience love because I didn't finish or didn't, didn't even start college. I can't experience love because of the way that my family is set up. I can't experience love because of this. I can't experience love because of that. I will never experience love because of this. Watch your tongue. Watch your tongue. Because your tongue is still very powerful. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so you are capable of love. You're capable of giving love and you're capable of receiving it. But you reap what you sow. And so when we take that incident of when we felt like we did not belong, I want us to think of someone in our lives or a place where we felt like we belonged. And I want you to compare the traits. Now, it's different for everybody. Sometimes we could belong in a place that may not be good for us. We don't necessarily know that because we all are acting the same way. But love can still be found in that. It might not necessarily be in the specific actions of the people, but in the atmosphere. And so asking ourselves the question, what is love? We have to realize that love is unconditional. But I saw a comment one time on Instagram and it said, Unconditional love and unconditional participation is two different things. And sometimes when it talks, when it comes to love, we can get so caught up in, I have to love this person this way. If I don't love them this way, they're going to say that I don't love them. You must realize if you're asking someone who has never experienced God's love, the one who is love, if they believe that you love them, the only answer that's going to come out of their mouth is no, because they don't even know what love is. And so you have to be confident enough to walk in love, whether someone sees it or not, because everybody has not even experienced love to be able to compare it to anything else. They only know what they know. You only know what you know. It doesn't matter if a brown or white egg tastes different. At the end of the day, I can still make me some scrambled eggs. Okay. An omelet. Give me some onions, tomato, and some spinach. So it don't matter who you are, 
Love is at your very fingertips. But when it comes to the confining of yourselves, the true way to grow in life is not to keep adding stuff. The true way to grow in life is to figure out what's already there. And so it's all right if you've got to subtract some things from your life. It is all right. But to roam freely is to not act thoughtlessly. There's a difference. And so when you ask yourself, what is love? I want you to live your life. I want you to go out. I want you to wake up. And I want you to do things in your day. And when you get done with your day, I want you to look back on that. And you say, how did I love today? And what was different about me loving today than yesterday? And what areas did I not exhibit love? Because either you loving or you're not. There is no, I kind of love you. I kind of hate you, you know, but, but like you kind of cool. Yet let your yes be yes and your no be no. There is no lukewarm love. You either love or you don't. And so sometimes we'll be in relationships where, where we see the purpose of a person. And we know that they love us, but their actions continue to show that they don't. And so that is a very difficult situation to be in because you know that they do love you. But when someone's actions are continuing to hurt you and penetrate the very heart that you handed to them, it's like, how do I go home and I and I rest well, continuing to tell myself the words of you love me. But I cannot say do that because I, all I'm thinking about is the actions of no, I don't love you, actually. You're the last you're the very last thought on my mind if you're a thought at all. And so when those situations are very difficult, but to that, I tell you that sometimes people cannot see what's on the inside of them. And just because they can't see the truth does not mean that the truth is not there. And so think of you as an example. So often than not, we are ready to point the finger at somebody or say, you did this wrong or you didn't do this right. But we don't realize that we've all come from places. God has transformed us all. And so we're looking at someone who is still going through that, that, that shame of transformation, transforming from their shame into, their, into walking with greatness and no longer shame. Embrace them. We point the finger so often but don't realize that just because you transformed don't mean the whole world transformed with you too. And sometimes it takes one that has transformed to go back with someone who is transforming. And so when you see someone, you say, I know that they love me, but why do they continue to show me that they don't? I want you to think of this. Think of God. Think of how he's never lied. And so when he said that he loves us, he does. And so we, we, we can't compare us to him, right? Because when he loves us, he acts like that. When he says it, he does it. Okay, and he's been doing this since the beginning of time. And he's going to continue to do it. And now let us think about an imperfect human being who we love. Afflictions should only have your love growing. And so when we have someone who we know, when we can see their soul, God has given us the gift of being able to discern. And we say, I know that they love me. But you ever known something, but you didn't know how to act on it? You ever had an idea for a project, but you didn't know how to how, how to make it come to pass because you didn't necessarily have knowledge in that area. This is the same thing here. Just because you may not know how to turn a thought into a book does not mean the truth of becoming a book does not exist. But that means that there's going to take effort for that thought to transform and then to be written down on paper. And for that paper, then you may have a vision board for that paper. And then you have outlines and you start, start, start to be your character and you begin to figure out who they are and their ages and how they look. There are steps to the process. And you have to realize just because you have hit 
the 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 top step for now you are still stepping and so don't you say because I might be higher in my journey of life than them you do not know that and you cannot compare your life to anybody else's because as we begin this episode we are all authentically ourselves and so when it comes to people that say I know that they love me but they aren't showing it you have to realize that the truth is the truth but for everyone it takes time to actually begin to live that way and to begin to act like you know. And so when we ask ourselves the questions, what is love? Love is unconditional. You can't say you love somebody and because of an action they do, you don't love them anymore. You didn't, you, you, then you never could have. And it reminds me of a verse in Genesis. Um, I believe it's Genesis thirteen twenty three, where it talks about, it is Abram and Lot. And they have so much that they can no longer live on the same land together. And so some of their herd men, are, they're having a little, they're having arguments, you know, battling a little bit. But it's time for them to leave. And Abram says to Lot because Abram brought Lot with them because Lot is his brother's son, Abram's brother's son. And so Abram says to Lot, let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee and my herd men and thy herd men, for we be brethren. And I want you to take that verse with you because in this journey of life, you will have to let things go. But don't you ever go burning any bridges because in that situation, they are still friends, but they're friends from a distance. Love is not defined. And so if love is defined by distance, if I'm doing long distance, I must not love somebody. Right. But he made sure to let it be known. We are brethren. Let there be no strife between us because strife is a trait of hate, not love. And so they said, I am going to hone our love. It will just now be from a distance. And so once a friend, always a friend, a true friend. And so realize in your life that there are many traits of love, many traits of love. And as you progress, you'll begin to find traits of love and what love is and what love isn't. And sometimes we mix them up, but you'll realize the truth will begin to set you free. But you have to be honest with yourself. And so we'll talk about love as any progresses, I know that there's a lot of things to talk about in regards to love. When we say what is love, we're not asking ourselves the question, what is love? We're saying, what is love in my life? What is love for me? And not that you're changing the truth, but you're figuring out how the truth can be embodied through you. You're using the vessel of your being and you're saying love has these traits. How can those traits remain in their original form, but be authentically embodied by me? How? And so, what is love, y'all? So many people exhibit it in many different ways. We see it in the souls of people who have yet to see it in themselves. But when we think about love, we think about many different things. And so I just pray walking away from this episode and keeping it in your hearts and coming back to it and, 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 and indulging in it. When you think about love, tell yourself, I can do it too. Tell yourself that it's a possibility. Tell yourself that I shall receive it, but make it your duty to give it. Have that be your goal in life. Don't allow love to lo- be a fantasy anymore. Make it your reality so it can then be the reality of you receiving it and not only giving it, but don't you give it to receive it. I like to think of the scripture, you reap what you sow as, I sow. I sow. 
I sow. I don't sow to reap. Thank God that I do reap because for when I am weak, I am strong. But sometimes I'll be, be- <laughs> I'll be feeling weak. Okay. But I sow. So make it your duty to sow love. I know we want to experience it. No one wants to be alone. God didn't have it for us to be alone. But make it your duty to understand and not be understood. Make it your duty to make sure no one else is alone. And it's then, when you begin to truly embody love, that you will begin to receive the love that may have been in front of you this entire time, but that you have neglected because despite that person or, or, or you reading scripture or you hearing sermons or whatever it is telling you that love is around, that love is here, you have experienced it before, you decided to act upon what you knew. And mind you, what you know changes. And so the verse of today, which is hilarious, it is James 4.17. And it talks about how sin is not just doing what's wrong, but it's knowing what you ought to do and not doing it. And so we ask ourselves the question, what is love? I want you to know that love is not this far-fetched idea and that you have experienced it sometimes in your life. And even if you feel alone, God is holding you. He created you, sweetheart. He created y'all. He did. And so hold that into your heart. Embrace love. Embrace change. And embrace the discovery of truth. Because the truth will set you free. And so love is not impossible. Quite literally, it is very possible. Love is the most beautiful thing. But you have to realize it takes effort to get any reward especially the rewards that are worth receiving. I love you all so much. God really had this episode being many different things. I got many different things in this episode, and I'm very thankful, so I thank God for it. And I'm very appreciative, and he keeps on doing great things for us, as LaShawn Pace says. You are more than capable. Don't let anyone tell you that you cannot do it. You shall receive love. And you have received, you are receiving it right now, listening to this. Even if you look back over your life and say, okay, but I never received love from them, 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 them. There is one person who has always shown you love. And so you are welcomed here. I don't care who you are, where you've been. Let us stop judging and let us begin to embrace. You don't have to embrace them into your homes, but you can embrace them into your hearts. I love you all so much. And I pray that you all take heed to life. That's the greatest answer to any prayer, any any problem, anything, is life. You want to find something out, live. You want to discover something, live. Yes, read your word and indulge in private time with the Lord. Yet embrace the very miracle that he has blessed you with this new day. It's literally the moment that you're standing in. Live. He has entrusted you with this life. Live. Make the most of your opportunities, as it says in Ephesians 5, 16 and 17. But it says, make the most of your opportunities in these evil days, but don't act thoughtlessly. I love you all so much. Stay updated with us. All of our platforms is at any on streaming platforms and and on YouTube and on Instagram. We are at I-N-N-I-S-P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. Any's presence. I love you all so much. Thank you for allowing me to indulge in your presence as you and mine. Y'all stay blessed, stay nourished, and stay true to you. Allow yourself to change. You don't have to be one way. 
it is beautiful to see yourself evolve. Change is here for you. I love you so much, and I'll see y'all in our next indie episode. And yes, I'm keeping that outro. I love you, but God loves you more. <laughs> and until I speak with you all again, I should be praying for y'all. I love y'all so much. And I'll see y'all very, very soon. Every Friday at 5 p.m. Stay tuned. I love y'all so much. Bzzz. Mwah.